0: Hello and welcome to Tread Lightly, the podcast of two dinosaurs talking about books over a nice cup of tea. It's T-Rex and Raptor coming all the way from Germany and Australia to you, talking about today's book, Red Rising, by Pierce Brown, the first book in the Red Rising Saga.
1: That's the whole intro this time?
0: Yes, that's pretty much all I have here. That's all I have from last time, too.
1: Okay, I thought you were going to do something more about who we are, because it was the first one. So the Earth is dying. Darrow is a Red, a miner of the interior of Mars. His mission is to extract enough precious elements to one day tame the surface of the planet and allow humans to live on it. The Reds are humanity's last hope, or so it appears, until the day that Darrow discovers it's all a lie, that Mars has been habitable and inhabited for generations by a class of people calling themselves the Golds, a class of people who look down at Darrow and his fellows as slave labor to be exploited and worked to death without a second thought. Until the day, Darrow, with the help of a mysterious group of rebels, disguises himself as a gold and infiltrates the command school, intent on taking down his oppressors from the inside. But the command school is a battlefield and Darrow isn't the only student with an agenda. Dun dun dun!
0: Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Yeah, this book we, both of us, I think, um, got recommended by a friend of ours, Steve, back when both of us were still living in the U.S., and I think we both read it there a couple of times before leaving the country.
1: Yeah, I read it at least once, and I think I've read it four four times now, so this book's pretty good for a reread. I'm yeah. Big fan cool. of it.
0: Yeah, so in terms of rating, I think I would go with a four out of five stars, actually, because I really liked it.
1: Yeah, I'd probably give it four, four and a half stars.
0: Just... Ooh, four and a half. Okay. Yeah,
1: I know. Fancy. I, I really like the writing style. Um, not to, like, get into it a bit, but I really enjoy all three books in the series because I'm ignoring the fourth one, which completely changes writing style, and I'm very mad about it. I'm <laughs> not a fan of the fourth one. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. so, so
0: these... I, I've only actually read this one I haven't read the other two although I have them and I kind of started with the second one but I keep coming back to the first one so spoilers I, I guess
1: yeah spoilers for you um I really really like this series like I my favorite character isn't even in the first book she's actually in the second and the third
0: book so yeah a bit keen
1: so shall we shall we get into what our favorite scenes are and um, go through the book
0: Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't read it yet.
1: I mean, do you want to start with your favorite scene? Or do we want to just jump into doing a recap?
0: Um, Maybe let's do the recap first.
1: Okay, so we start off with our poor little reds in a village. That's not really a village because it's carved out of the cave system underneath the Martian soil. Our protagonist Garrow is a hell diver.
0: He's basically he drives a drill.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's the driver of a giant, a ninety meter drill. Um, when they collect helium, um, yes. so so that they can uh, potentially convert Mars to a habitable world with all this helium that they're digging up. How that science works, I don't really
0: understand. <laughs> yes, it's conveniently uh, left out. Yeah.
1: He's living his best life right when we jump into the book. He's got the girl of his dreams, the job of his dreams, all his fams there. They're about to, like, make it big and get their biggest haul of raw... So far, they've got their biggest haul of raw helium. And so they're, they're going to win the prize of the competition between all the little tribes around them. And um, that doesn't really go to plan, does it?
0: No, no, not really. It turns out that, well, the, the laurel, I think it's called, the price of the extra food and all the supply, yeah. um, basically I've goes to one stuff. of the other crans, Gamma, who always gets it, which yeah. kind of reveals the whole system of we don't really give a fuck what you do, the winners are already set, which is kind of a theme that goes through the, through the whole book.
1: Yeah, it's our first real taste of the...
0: Yeah, the the hierarchy,
1: I guess, of the the book that they try and introduce.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and we're also introduced to somewhat of the color system that they have. So we do have the the miners who are reds, basically the the lowest of the low, the the poor workers, and then we also have the greys, which are somewhat of I don't know, police and prison guard in a combination.
1: Yeah, they're security for the mine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, basically keeping everybody in and keeping everybody down.
1: Yeah, uh, but they're not like, I mean, they really seem to like relish their position down there and the power that they have over the Reds, but the Reds don't really seem to fight up against the Grey. Because no. they were born to be better. Or born to serve a different task, I think. Is what the explanation is. Yeah, especially Daryl seems to be pretty happy to just... Yeah, he's a 16-year-old boy who's happily married to the love of his life, approaching his midlife crisis almost.
0: I mean, he's 16, but in those colonies, nobody ever gets really old, so that's not really a young age for them.
1: Yeah, and especially the men. The women seem to last a little bit longer. Yeah, true. In general. So he intended to win the laurel to Gift his beloved with more bread and more ale and more of everything. And when that shit goes south, <laughs> his wife, Eo tells him that she's got a surprise for him as well. And the surprise... Well, she says she's got two surprises. The first surprise is she finds a back way into the Grey's Garden, mm-hmm. which... Turns out to be. Turns out they're living a lie down in the mine. They're not the only ones living on Mars. And he, yeah. they escape into the garden, and sit under a tree and watch the stars for the first time. So not only are they not incredibly deep underground, there's access to the starlight there. There's, what is it? Moths. I think he he
0: encounters a moth and like goes. Yeah. A little bit bonkers, and it blows his mind. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the only animals they actually have in the mines are the the pit vipers, which just sounds like a mixture of a snake and a worm, who's really poisonous and ravenous.
1: Yeah, so uh, they get busted, funnily enough,
0: basically imprisoned.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they're imprisoned for three days. All Dara does is cry about Eo and miss his life and. He's terrified of his forty lashes. Um, <laughs> yes, as you would be. Because he knows that's what's coming for him. But when they get taken out to get their public punishment, there's a new face in town.
0: Yeah, it- we get introduced to I think it's the arch governor. Yeah, of Mars, uh, Nero O Augustus. I don't know how you pronounce that name.
1: Nero O Augustus. Right.
0: <laughs> yes, so. He's basically, like, the highest of the goals we have on the planet, more or less.
1: Yeah, he's the governor of Mars in their pseudo-system. I don't know. I was going to say <laughs> democratic system, but it's not a democracy at all.
0: It's uh... No, democracy has been outlawed. It's it's not quite a dictatorship. There does seem to be some push and pull and negotiation, but it's... I mean, there's definitely a name for it, but I have no idea what it is right now. <laughs>
1: It's kind of like a regency,
0: right? Except that it doesn't... Um... There's definitely a name for, the, for one class being the ruling class. Feudalism? Mm. I think it's feudalism. <laughs> okay,
1: we'll go with that.
0: Um, I mean, it's part
1: communist regime, part feudalism, part all of the worst options of every kind of system... You're born into your role, and you will die in that role. There's not a lot of upwards movement, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially since the different classes or colors can have been bred into their roles as well. They're genetically yeah. modified to actually be the best suited for their jobs, so there isn't even a question of, hey, you're really talented at something else. Why don't you do something else? Yeah. yeah, like, Mickey has six fingers. Anyway, we should hold
1: off on that so we can talk about <laughs> yes. Mickey later. Okay. Um
0: yeah, so they basically both get sentenced to their lashes. Darrow gets his first and he's it's it's a very vivid scene that he's describing of him being bloody whipped. And then when it's actually Eo's turn, I think she's getting a couple of lashes, and then she actually starts singing one of the Outlawed, I think, rebellion songs. Which gets you a death sentence, pretty much.
1: This is my quote from Nero, which is, just hang the bitch. (laughs) Yes.
0: So they do. Um... I mean, he makes sure to let her finish the song she's singing first. I still have no idea what purpose that served to him, except for a bit of fun entertainment. But yeah, then they proceed to immediately hang her. And since the... Gravity is lower on Mars. They actually, whenever somebody does get hanged, which is the only way they execute, I think, um, the loved ones actually have to pull down their feet and legs in order to break the neck, which is just really creepy. It's a bit terrifying. Yes. Otherwise, they suffocate to death?
1: Or they get strangled to death by the rope?
0: Yeah. I mean, before she actually... Before they actually commence with the hanging, um, Eo gets to say her her last words, basically, and she calls in Dio, her sister, to say them, not Dero, although he takes it in strides, seeing how she's going to die in a minute. Um, But we actually don't get to hear what those words were, at least not in this book. No, we... It does come up later, so that
1: would be a teaser to keep
0: reading. Okay. And then she dies, and... Darrow is pretty much bummed out, to say the least. All of his, mm. his family are trying to keep him locked inside because they're afraid he's going to do something rash and get himself killed as well, which is pretty much what he's planning. Yeah,
1: it's 100% what he's planning. So he sneaks out. So they don't bury, the Red don't bury their dead. They leave them hanging, basically, as a display. So he takes her body, cuts her down, and takes her into the garden and buries her underneath the trees and where they had been originally busted. Yeah. I guess, I guess a comment that I should we should probably bring up too is that Eo is described by Darrow as being this kind of amazing pillar of the community gorgeous, beyond her class, kind of amazing <laughs> woman. And every time we hear her speak to Darrow, she's asking him to be more. Like, she wants more from him. She wants him to be more, be a better leader, be a stronger leader, be more in the community, take charge, and he is very content to just be where they're at. Yeah,
0: they're that's Up until true. she
1: gets murdered. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's it's the the whole conversation in the gardens was, um, was really interesting of him just going on with, like, life is fine, it's great, we have it all. I, I don't know what else you want except for maybe the laurel. And she just goes on about, um, well, I think the, the quote was then you must live for more when he tells her that he lives for her and she basically lives for the dream that they're all going to be free one day.
1: Yeah, she seems to have a, a good grasp on the fact that they're Pretty much slaves.
0: Yeah. Um, and Daryl's just like, oh, no, um, I mean, he's, he's drank the Kool-Aid. He's, yeah, no, we're pioneers. We're making this planet ready for the world. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And he is so happy and so content. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, which just
0: shows you that you can really Stockholm somebody into it.
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: so she's dead, and he buried her. <laughs> um, yes, so now he's going to be sentenced to death. Yeah. But um, I think it's walking up or back to the to the comments. Um, his uncle is having a drink and a chat with him, and as it turns out that drink was not just alcohol. So, after they actually hang him, he does wake up again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he wakes up, digs himself out of the earth, <laughs> and um proceeds to go with these two other reds that he's never seen before <laughs> that seem to know who he is because he's just angry and mad and wants to be dead and he's hating everything and everyone and he's like, well fine like <laughs> I'll just keep going with my life like I can't handle I don't want to be part of this I don't I don't want anything yeah, yeah. but onwards and upwards for this fellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's when we get introduced to Harmony and somebody who's
0: a spineless worm. I think we yeah, never he's... really give a shit about who he is again. No, he's just background actor number 33, basically. Yeah. So
1: Harmony is basically the same as Darrow. Broken, angry, and looking for revenge. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes, yeah, like a wet-on-the-wall path, basically. Yeah she takes him to meet with dancer i think it is dancer, yeah dancer who tells him that he's been saved by Ares, the true embodiment of war not the qualified, like mollycoddled version of the god of war that the romans sought but the greek god of war who is the manifestation of all the bad bits Not tactical battle strategies, literally, like, passionate fighting, um, anger, and rage, uncontrollable rage and violence.
0: Yeah, they're Um, trying to sell their pitch really hard.
1: Yeah. Look, I drank into the Kool-Aid a little bit. I'm a big fan (laughs) of the movement, personally.
0: Yeah, so pretty much the, the background info so far has been that the Sons of Ares, the whole organization. is branded as like a terrorist group who just blows up shit and is trying to to rattle the establishment. And now they're trying to introduce themselves to Darrow as a group of more freedom fighters really, like the leaders of the Underground Rebellion.
1: Yeah, they want to upset the class system and get out from underneath the boot.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: So we drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, as a reader, I drank the Kool-Aid. Darrow (laughs) does not give a shit. He's Pretty much open for any chance of revenge like a hundred percent on top of it ready for that revenge
0: yeah and, although it, yeah. it does take him a moment actually to to live like football. yeah <laughs> like for the first half he's pretty much just put me back underground like i want to die i i, I lived for her and now she's dead and now i need to be dead too until they until danza gives him gives him the whole your wife's dream, your family's dream, your people's dream, you must live and yes.
1: Yeah. So they've also managed to hack into the telecommunication systems on Mars and have started showing Eos death
0: yes. everywhere.
1: And they've started calling her Persephone, the goddess of spring, as welcomed by death. <laughs> With the like the idea being that, you know, she'll rise again, spring will come, rise up kind of idea, I think. I
0: think that's
1: where he's going with that that name.
0: Yeah, and then basically, in order to win him over all the way, he commences to take him up an elevator and actually show him that Mars has been populated quite a long time ago and is full of cities and actual life and that his whole life has been a lie.
1: Yeah, and it's not like they're a harsh people that live on Mars that are fighting every day. Oh, no, 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 the first thing we do is encounter a drunken gold who's flying through the sky, giggling and, like, bumping into things.
0: Yeah, so, being chased by a lot of girls. Yeah. Like, the hardship impersonated.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically. So, you know, that's that's a hell of a wake-up call. Like, this is what you were living, breathing, and dying for. You, you want to keep on that path?
0: Yeah, so I think that's what gets his his rage really up and going. Just the idea that down there it's like brothers and his whole family is basically slaving away, dying young, just so that the gulls can have it a bit more cushy upstairs. Yeah. So he's mad now
1: and they've mobilized. And so they start setting in motion their plan. The Ares' plan is to find... Reds who are dexterous and smart enough to pass themselves off as golds in, in the mental sense and then have somebody literally carve them a body of gold, or body for a gold,
0: a body of gold too. <laughs> I mean, that's that's when we get introduced to Mickey, the so-called carver, which is just, I really like Mickey. He was such a weird, eccentric person. I know, he, he
1: is absolutely kind of bonkers. He's out of the creative cast, and so he was raised in the garden. Which He's I think a he violet, is. he's a purple. Yeah, he's got six fingers, and he seems to be, like, a little bit too crazy to be in normal high society for... The rest of the artisans, and does have any of his stuff appreciated, but he seems to be really good at his job. So. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, he's talking about how I think he de- he describes the gardens as like a big circus where they took drugs all the time, and now he just wants to create the things that he saw on the trip that he had.
1: Yeah, so he makes a lot of pinks, which are the the pleasure personnel. Yeah, pleasure personnel. He he carves a lot of pinks. They're pleasure slaves and social functionaries, is their description. He gives a lot of them wings or horns. Makes people to match the gold's fantasy, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, at first he doesn't seem very much into the idea of turning a rat into a gold. Yeah. And then Darrow comes out with his really impressive drill hands and just shows (laughs) him that he can solve a digital puzzle faster than him. Wow. Oh, yeah, because it's based on wavelengths. (laughs) Yes. But basically,
1: Darrow is super dexterous and pretty switched on. He can use his analytical brain quite well. Yeah, and then they kind of bait Mickey in as well, being like, oh, somebody else has actually already done it, but we think you could do it better. (laughs) And which I 100% thought was a throwaway line until we meet a character later.
0: Yes, that's true. I I didn't really think of it either until we get the reveal, which was pretty good, I think.
1: Yeah. From there everybody's on board with the plan as basically as on board with the plan as you can be as a underground rebellious group that's trying <laughs> to fulfill the plan of some being unknown and they set about turning Darrow into a gold and we've get we get a series of scenes that are like language lessons uh, arts lessons what do we get some physical lessons so we learn how to dance we learn how to fight, we learn how to run again. We lift weights. We get buff.
0: Yeah, like the it. the actual carving scene, or chapter, was really a tough one. I found because they had to replace pretty much everything about him. They had to like make yeah. his bones thicker and give him frontal lobe surgery and
1: oh, you had all to put of the this microchip shit. in or something.
0: Yeah, because he needed like multiple identification chips and that sort of thing so it's just a lot of really painful operations and him just basically wishing to die once again
1: yeah so it's good that he wants to be dead because he's coming <laughs> he's he's being resurrected yes yeah. for the second time yeah, yeah. He, di- he died he dies on the table too in the book yeah um, true. uh we get through that scene it's a, it's a really good scene to give an explanation to a lot of like the cultural aspects of being a red um yeah. and be, versus being a gold we don't really encounter any of the other classes so much we eventually we meet matteo i can't remember what he is
0: um i think he's probably a brown matteo servant cook and janitor mm, i mean he, he teaches though he's pretty much his tutor but i'm not sure which color the tutors actually were i don't know if it's actually said to what color he was I think he he's gotta
1: be he's gotta be a brown, he's gotta be a low colour. Yeah, I would think so.
0: Oh wait, no, he's a pink. He's a pink? Oh okay. yes, I just looked it up. He's a pink. Oh okay. okay. Well that makes sense because he teaches and, like, to, how to, how to dance, talk
1: and how to dance. Yeah. Which how is how to use and Yeah. Because so all the training he had back with that old drunken uncle of his Ha- actually prepared him quite well for the Dance of the Saber.
0: Yeah, also it seems that the Reds actually, like, they don't have a lot of pleasures, so they do actually dance quite a lot, which comes in handy. Yeah, that's great
1: skill for our, our protagonist to have. Um, <laughs> yes, what
0: can you do? I can dance! Oh, thank goodness, that's what we needed.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's more so that the dance is very similar to the sword work drills. That he ends up doing. Anyway. So from there we we go and take the exam to get into the academy. Darrow heads off to take a test and everybody's like, don't fucking talk because you still talk (laughs) like a nong. Don't talk to anyone. Just in take the test and leave. This is like the hardest part of all the security. We actually need you to be there for this
0: bit and this bit only (laughs) is to take the freaking exam. Yeah, so, of course, what does he do? He talks to people. Yeah, not a lot.
1: Just enough that we get an interaction with a couple characters we meet later.
0: Yeah, so so I think the main person we actually meet is Cassius. Yeah,
1: I mean, we do steal that girl's pen as well. And she ends up being um, Antonia.
0: Is it, actually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never figured that one out. See, there you go. Yeah, so he does steal a girl's pen during the test, because she keeps hitting the table with it, which drives him crazy, which also earns him the affections of Cassius, who is yeah. the son of one of the three biggest, most famous, most rich, influential families of the planet, yeah, and kind of takes to him. Bella something, other, Bella... Bellona or something? Yeah. It's all the names, man
1: basically belladonna poisonous weed anyway um yes the subtle hints yeah uh after that we get accepted into the academy because he gets the highest score on the test because he's a genius turns out absolute (laughs) genius
0: yeah yeah i think Uh, he had one one question wrong yeah one and that kind of opens my my wonderings about what that one question was about but we don't really get that told either no, but
1: we don't get any of the questions. So the questions are not supposed to be, like...
0: It's uh, it's not
1: book smarts, it's just... Common lo- sense, I guess. Yeah. like, weird logic. Like, <laughs> yes. if the left side of the fish has X many scales and the right side of the fish has Y many scales, what side of the fish has the most scales, the answer is the outside.
0: Yeah, it's this weird thinking of outside of the box, but... Yeah, so I guess
1: because the, the golds are kind of the military leaders, the futurists of, of everything, you got to make
0: weird extrapolated decisions. Yes, so, and because he did that great, great score, or got that great score, the Board of Quality Control actually pays him a visit to kind of do a, well, mostly a lie detector test on him and make sure that he yeah. didn't actually cheat on the test. Pretty much. But he passes that too, and then
1: the test results come eventually, and look at, you look at that, he's a genius.
0: <laughs> yeah, he gets his flight to the Academy, on board he meets um, Julian as one of his new companions, and as it and later turns out, se- the brother of Cassius.
1: Yeah, and uh, we also meet Severus there?
0: Servo? Severo. Severo. There we go, Severo. I always Seven. call him Servo. He's Severo, actually. Yes. So yes. Is, Severo. <laughs> honestly, Severo is my favorite character, probably. Yeah. Because he, he couldn't give less of a shit, and he's very much not as a gold should be. Like, he's, cur- he's cursing all the time. He doesn't he's follow tiny, any manners. foul, yeah. Yes, he's my basically a rat in the suit of they, gold.
1: Yeah, they constantly are like... Well, I guess he's off having a wank in the bushes. Like, that's all the time. (laughs) So, like, they have no idea where he is. They just assume he's off wanking in the bushes every single time. Like, he's going off and doing productive things, but,
0: like... Yeah, he's, like, super skillful and actually clever. And everybody just thinks him some small, disgusting little life. So, from there,
1: off to the academy, uh, you do a bunch of tests. When they arrive at the academy, they do a bunch of, like, dexterity tests is it a bit more testing and they, they go into an, a room and interview right with all the different houses yeah
0: I kind of um, those um, like the physical tests they did on them okay. the, I found that scene really funny where he just they they try to test his hands but because he has those super skilled diver hands they actually have to get a techie in to mm-hmm. readjust the machine because they can't up it up high enough for him to actually beat it yeah, so for
1: the machine to beat him. Yeah. So that was kind and, of fun. Yeah. So they have a a bunch of different interviews. Um there's people that come in and talk to him about intelligence and all those kind of things. And one the scene I really enjoyed is um the house of mars representative comes in. <laughs> yes. And said and punches him in the face like immediately. This,
0: and says, yes, if you and punch me,
1: Yeah, if you punch me then you'll immediately get kicked out. So Darrow kicks him in the shins.
0: <laughs> yes, and I he think. just laughs like, oh, this is, this is marvelous.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> yes, I enjoyed that one too. So then we go off to house selection. House selection involves basically everybody in their own little pod with all their stats like flashing around,
0: and then yeah, all the it house- reminds me. It reminds me of that quiz show. I don't know what it's called. That weird quiz show where people were sitting in these windows. Oh, yeah. I think I have uh, no idea what that was called. Yeah, me neither. But it's what I see every time I read that chapter. It's just that stupid yeah, quiz I show.
1: Mean, if somebody out there knows, let us know.
0: Um, <laughs> yes, please. What is it?
1: Yeah. So we've got that set up. And then we, we go through all the houses as they pick their first candidate from each house. Uh, we get a couple of interactions with the different like leaders as they like pass over Darrow and there are like a thousand students there? Is that what they said? Um, I think it's actually a hundred. No, there's because there's a hundred students in each house. So there's got to be like twelve hundred students. Yeah, mm. so then um, Darrow gets selected like what is it, eleventh? Yeah. Out of the one thousand... Two hundred students that are potentially there. It's a great moment. He's very excited. He's very proud of <laughs> himself. This book. Uh, not conceited at all. Anyway, so yeah. we go. So there. he
0: is he is picked by House Mars. Yeah, even though Fitchina wasn't really taking. Well, he wasn't it. really yeah advocating for him because he thinks that his his scores on Rage were just way too much, but. I mean, that's
1: everybody terrible. thinks that, but that's kind of like one of the traits of House Mars, is it's angry. Yeah,
0: that's kind of... It's also what they always say is the reason why they haven't won anything in the Academy for, for years and years, because they're just... they burn really bright, and then they're just out. Yeah, they burn very burn out
1: very quickly. So we go, we toddle off to our feast, um, where we sit at the table and we meet Primus. Primus? 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 primus prim- Basically Prim, just got yes. called Prim from here on in, but Prim, who is the son of the third like, great family of Mars, whose mum owns two of the moons, personally. <laughs> yes, which is right. just a great thing to, to work into the conversation. But he's basically King Shit. He, te- yes. he speaks only in the highbrowest of highbrow, and uh, Cassius, who is the second pick... For Mars, immediately like fawns over Prem, like fawns over him, and like everybody else is just kind of expected to behave, like come to heel around him. He's just like it. He is top diggity dog. <laughs> um, so we have our feast, and we kind of get introduced to more of the 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 crew. It's it's at this point where all of our future favorite characters get their nicknames.
0: Yeah, I mean. We get Joan and again, yeah. Who is pretty much a I don't give a shit about any of you guys kind of girl. Um, I think we also get introduced to Rogue, although not sure if it was yes. here or after the passage. No, we get we get introduced to Rogue here. Yes, um, who's kind of like the friendly poet. poet and actually one of the few sane, normal characters, at least for now. <laughs> yes. So they all make friends, and it's all lovey-dovey, and they go to bed, and then shits kind of start hitting the fan. He pretty much gets woken up by being punched and just beat up. Um, they drag him off, strip him naked, and then beat him up some more, and then they throw him into an empty kind of metal room, I think it was, with nobody else but Julian in there, also naked and beat up. And it's all... I mean, the whole description of the scene is really... It's quite visceral, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And then basically somebody just comes in and tells them, well, we don't have as many spots as you thought we do, so only one of you is going to leave this room, and dramatically tosses one of the House Mars rings into the room, and just leaves. it's kind of...
1: Only one of you will come out of here alive, style. So. Yeah. We have Julian uh, pleading with Darrow to just leave because, you know, it won't be any dishonor on Darrow. Like, his family will will be fine with it because he's from a really low-class family, but Julian needs this. Like, he's desperate for it. Like, his whole family has come through this school and survived it, and he's the last, like,
0: one. Yeah, and he kind of has that feeling that he has to prove himself to Cassius. Yeah. And just, like, he, he can't go home. What will his brother think and his family think? And Darrow the whole time is just trying to tell him that you aren't going to go home. Like, either way this goes, neither of us is going to go home, which Julian just ignores completely. Yeah. So Julian starts doing,
1: like, a warm-up effectively. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Yes, I think he's still like, you can tell that he can't wrap his head around the idea of a gold actually dying or them actually allowing a gold to be killed for no purpose whatsoever.
1: Or even to, to have to kill somebody.
0: Like, yeah. it's
1: not in his repertoire. He's a good guy, basically. Yeah, he's and used to dueling generous-
0: for the purpose of dueling and not actually killing somebody.
1: I don't even think he's a duelist either, isn't he? He's a musician, he's super
0: empathetic, he's like genuinely I a don't nice... I know, at, at some well, point they... later on Cassius says that he was better at cravat than him. Yeah, but cravat
1: is the wrestling style, not the... um. Yeah, okay. Not like dueling per se, but um. yeah, it's... Well, while Julian starts warming up, Darrow is being... <laughs> And brawny and just huge, and just kind of slams his fist into Julian's face. Yeah, uh, he kind Julian... of forgets his
0: own strength there, too. Like, he's surprised at how fucking easy he can kill a gold, basically.
1: Yeah, and Julian tries to come at him and defend himself, and Darrow just smashes him in the face again. Uh, and then I think he s- hits him in the chest, and he starts, like, bubbling yeah. as he breathes, and and. Uh, it's quite a graphic scene to be honest and it's
0: really well written you can really visualise it yeah they describe the, the, the dent that he made into his, into his chest pretty much just punching a hole in his heart by the sound of it yeah Well, isn't that a metaphor for this book um, <laughs> yes oh. much excitement and uplifting thoughts there And we're only like halfway through the book. (laughs) Yes. So pretty much that that was the passage, pretty much the, the right of way. So he, no, he pretty much starts sobbing and puking and he's just, like it's the first time he ever had to kill somebody and it's, yeah, it's really eating at him. And well eventually he picks up the ring and starts stumbling his way out of the room and down a hallway to try and find the others. Yeah, and we get there and we
1: find... I don't think we find anyone at that point, do we? Oh, we find Rogue. Rogue and yeah. Leah.
0: And Dara is kind of surprised at a lot of the... like For example, Leah, who's just this thin, little, nonchalant girl, and he's just surprised that a lot of the people who actually managed to kill whomever they were paired with. Yeah. And... About half of the, the people they eventually find are just all sobbing and crying and falling apart. Mm man, and, is not, though. No, and then you have the other half, like Cassius and Antonia, who are just like, hey, good fun, good fun.
1: Yeah.
0: But Cassius is there waiting for Prim and Julian to come through. Yeah. And as time moves on, Cassius realizes that Julian is not going to join them and just starts getting into a really, like, calm sort of rage. Yeah, he is mad. Because,
1: you know, Julian's his brother and he should have protected him and not that there's much you can do.
0: Yeah, I think one of the quotes of his there was the whole waste of good stock sort of thing, because yeah, they're one of the most famous families and influential families there, and all of the sudden he realizes that even they are being kind of ticked Manipulated. off. Manipulated. Yes. Well, then we go on and um, Fitchner is back and pretty much explains to them that the place where they're in now, which is kind of an old, timey castle, like medieval Castle, um, is where they're going to live now and that all the other houses have their own castles and it's, I think Darrow describes this as pretty much capture the flag. So it's about Feeding the other houses and emerging as the victor, and also the leader of your own house.
1: Yeah, and the cool thing about this is you can take slaves.
0: Yes, they have a a standard, I think it was called? Yeah. With which they can touch any captured, turn them into a slave that has to obey what you say, or otherwise they will be shamed for all eternity.
1: Yeah, basically they don't get to join back into gold society.
0: Yes, which seems a really strange system. Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta be part of it. <laughs> yes, I was a slave, and I was such a good slave too, man. Yeah. Also, something none of them ever had to do is actually cook for themselves, clean for themselves, look after themselves, since all of them have been pretty much pampered by pinks and servants all their life, and now they kind of need to manage in this medieval setting all by them, by themselves. Yeah, so the
1: first scene that we have is they have to try and feed themselves and they have
0: no food, no weapons, no smoke, like no fire, no nothing. <laughs> it's also kind of cute how um, Severus the only guy who actually knows how to make a fire, but he yeah. doesn't tell the others because he's like, no wait, fuck you.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of that going around in the beginning. Anyway, they go out on an adventure uh, and fall into a carefully laid trap, which they recognize 100% is a trap, but it's a giant table of food just, like, standing in the middle of the... Uh, the field, yeah. The field, right? And so they go charging for it, knowing it's a trap, and Darrow and Cassius then go and try and, like, take the food. And they they do, in fact, get some food, but they, there's a trap, and they get caught up in that, and then they... Have to fight their way out um, with, I believe, a singe, singe
0: blade. Is that what they called? Yeah. Basically a reaper staff, right? Yeah. Is is it a scythe? Or, scythe, uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, which he fights with really well because it's similar to the, I think, sling blades that they have in the mining colonies, and that yeah. kind of earns him his new nickname as Reaper. Pretty much, get from here on in, gets called Reaper by literally everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At least it's one of the more cool nicknames. A lot of the other smaller characters often get ridiculous and stupid nicknames. Pebble, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Weed. Yeah. So
1: they, they got given those names by Prim. And uh, you'll notice that Prim hasn't made it into the story. Because Prim died in the passage. So yes. one of these small, weedy people uh, has ended up killing Prim. And we, we don't know who.
0: Yeah, it's the whole the whole situation of Cassius also trying to rope people into a game of, hey, let's all compare who we had to kill because he desperately wants to know who killed his brother. Yeah. But luckily, nobody Not jumps anybody. on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Daryl ponders that for a bit, the whole fact that they okay. paired 50 really good, strong, influential people against 50 of the the low drafts with the bad scores and the ones who really shouldn't have made it into the academy. But as it turns out, some of the low drafts actually were a lot better than they gave them credit for and managed to kill the ones that were supposed to survive. Yeah, so we probably, at least we're
1: thinking that's going to be Severo and Thistle and Weed and all those Yeah, I think Leah probably too. Yeah, possibly. Although she came from a pretty high end
0: family, didn't she, in the end? I'm not sure actually. They don't really say that much about her. Yeah. Well, they pretty much from the get go start dividing into four tribes, I think. Um, Titus, one of the more brawny and violent Bridget-ish. and vicious yeah guys, leads one of the the tribes. <sighs> Cassius and Darrow have one, Antonio also. Um, creates a bit of a tribe for herself, yeah. Yeah, and Severus kind of his own side. tribe by himself.
1: Just him, and I believe they put the wolves in his uh, tribe, didn't
0: they? Yeah, I mean he he killed at some point fairly early on. He kills a wolf and wears his skin as a nice and scary coat. Yeah. And he's been he's been spotted meeting with the wolves outside, and actually sometimes. Um, like, sometimes I think they bring him food, and sometimes the other way around. <laughs> it's just, it's one of my um, favorite scenes, too, later on, I think, when when Dara asks him about it, and he's just, well, I, I killed that pack leader, so that's why they don't follow me around. And he then just looks him up and down, grins, and just goes, don't worry, I wouldn't fit into your skin. <laughs>
1: yeah, I look, Severus is one of my favorite characters. <laughs>
0: Ah, he's great. Okay, so yeah, then we have the whole four tribes. Everybody mostly separating. I think Darrow and Cassius can find a place outside of the the main castle too. Yeah, so
1: they to have set up these, camp. like a, a, um like
0: summer castle
1: cottages that are set up <laughs> through what well, is effectively there like the Mars Mar lands. So they're in one of the outposts. Yeah, they set up there, and Darrow finds like a med kit and some matches and they set about within their little tribe like teaching everybody how to kill and skin a goat and having everybody be brave enough to do that and then I think it's Leah decides that you know none of them can cook and she's gonna do it because she's gonna be the best cook and but well, she's really not and is <laughs> really not a fan of her cooking or rogues cooking for that matter they both get <laughs> shouted yes. out
0: Apparently nobody can actually cook. And everybody's just, I don't know, I mean, giving it a go, but...
1: Mm, yeah. Dara is in the same
0: boat here. Like, yes. it was
1: such a like a wife-mother role that it never occurred to him to know how to do it. And he doesn't know how to cook himself.
0: Yeah. Um, they actually...
1: So this is later on. But my f- one of my favourite moments when they raid House Minerva, House Minerva oh. for the yeah. first time. And they get in there, and it's just him and Cassius like running about, and he literally goes, and they go, uh, he overhears them say, oh, but June can cook. So they run in, he goes, (laughs) who's June? (laughs) And she like identifies herself, and they kidnap
0: just June. (laughs) Like, just need someone who can cook. Yes, that was really great. I love that that scene where he was in the war room. And one woman came in and he's like, Are you June? And she's like, No. And he goes, Can you cook? And she just starts laughing at him. Yeah. (laughs) It's just desperately running through a frantic house Minerva trying to find somebody who can cook. Oh, it was really great. That's true. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, then we pretty much is shown that Titus is just really violent. His whole tribe is all about um taking the first slaves from um house Ceres I think and just Uh, yeah starting to treat them really really horribly
1: yeah so he's a brute in every sense of the word he takes some of his classmates and uses
0: them as sex slaves basically yes pretty much I don't know if it was him who had the idea of just creating their own pings, basically. So basically a lot of pillaging and raping and just fighting is going on. Especially since they can't actually, they don't have fire on any means, so they kind of do dissolve Eating into, a lot of
1: raw meat and yes. going a bit kind of
0: bonkers. Yeah. Um. I mean, Rogue tries to convince Darrow to give them fire, to actually help them out and help the people that they're abusing, but there was like, no way, he's gonna have more power, and, like, no. Just, no. Yeah, I mean, Darrow does go to try and make
1: some kind of amends, but doesn't really go his way. Kind of scares the living shit out of him, and
0: <laughs> kind yes. of
1: flees into the mountains again. So, we've got on and off battles between all the... Between, like, the different factions of Mars, but also, um... Dario and Cassius start looking outwards. So around them is House Minerva, who we spoke. Of. We jumped a bit, dropped the gun a little bit with that one, and um, House Sareth, um, I think, is the other one. Sareth. The Minerva is Athena, and I'm trying to remember what the other one is.
0: And then we also have House Diana, which is involved.
1: Diana, that's the one I was thinking of. Diana is Athena. So they go actually go to House diana and go we need to team up and take on house minerva because mustang is this incredibly attractive (laughs) lovely woman who darrow is thrilled to be around and but she's also incredibly smart and incredibly tactical um and they're really concerned um about their positioning because their castle is kind of spectacular um, yeah,
0: kind of from everything we find out during the story about all the other houses, it seems like Mars really gotten the short end of the stick. Like, everybody has at least one or two advantage things, but Mars just has nothing. They really, like, they didn't get shit.
1: Yeah, they started with nothing but their own rage. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, Minerva, I think, has horses and also, I think, ovens. Uh, no, they're not. Oh, the that Or uh, <sighs> well, maybe Sures. I don't know. But a lot of them have. Somebody has least, Yeah, a lot of them have at least a couple of practical things.
1: And and weapons usually of some kind. Yeah, so
0: bows and arrows or swords. Where
1: all of, all that House master has got so far is the, singe blade that the Reaper stole, and Cassius gets a sword, I think,
0: somewhere. Yeah, and then it's just random blunt objects that they find around the place. Yeah,
1: they make their own clubs. Well, uh, so they, they've they gone to Diana with this offer. Diana accepts, and they go and set a trap,
0: basically for Mustang. Do you want to talk about packs now? Yes, we do have... Um, I think it might have actually happened before that. Oh, I'm not quite sure about the timeline here, but... I think it's the first time when Darrow and, and Pax actually fight. Um, Pax being a member of House Minerva, just being this huge brute of a of a gold who looks like he's half of an obsidian, which is I think they're like super class soldiers. And he's, yeah, he's basically set, the, the he's biggest like seven feet tall or something and... Yeah, he's the he's the biggest gold he's ever seen and he's just this fighting machine that can throw horses and all that. Oh, sort yeah of that's right he takes on a horse yes he loves to tackle horses and it's this amazing fight scene of pax just starting to charge at them and he just kept shouting his name of pax a domanos and he's just <laughs> this super rage driven gigantic goal that everybody's super frightened of and it's this hilarious situation of this monster that seems to a bumbling idiot that just screams his own name. Uh, yeah. Although it turns out so, later that he's not a really bumbling idiot, he's just very engaging.
1: Yes, he's very passionate. <laughs> with a disarming laugh, I believe, with the description. If it goes too long, it gets into a giggly squeak. So house, they go to take on House Minerva, they have a little bit of a skirmish in day one, and then... The rest of the night, and then we have a day two. Dar- Darrow decides to challenge Pax to a duel at the front of House Minerva, and Mustang's having none of this. But Pax <laughs> is like, "Fuck yes, hit me with that duel!" So they're they're fighting for basically one of them. Somebody else will secede to the other one based on the outcome of this duel. Mm, I
0: supposedly. think they were actually. I think they were actually fighting for for captured slaves or something uh something like maybe something like that Well, in the end it's it's basically i think 10, ten of the high drafts from minerva come out together with mustangs to form a, a circle around the fighters and i think 10 from house miles and the other ones have to yeah this is
1: after retweet. they've burned all the grass away from the front of the building right
0: Yeah, because they thought, oh, they're probably gonna have people lying in the grass waiting for us to come out, which would have been a great idea, but we don't. So (laughs) the
1: duel starts, and we have Pax Pax
0: just ripping the shit out of him.
1: Yeah, so Darrow gets to the point where he's like, "Well, I have to stay really close to Pax because, like, if he gets a full blow in, like, if he actually hits me." Then we're screwed, he's gonna kill me, it's gonna rupture my inside. And Pax is just trying to land a blow on Darrow, who's like just trying to stay between his own arms. But Pax has a, a shield and an axe. And Darrow gets him hits him with a really good shot and gets some mud in his visor so he can't see and his choices are to put down either one of his weapons to wipe <laughs> his eyes. Anyway, it's Yeah, it's I mean, an amazing I scene.
0: I don't think either of them actually comes out on top. Really? No, and I think that
1: that's part of the respect then that Pax has for him later. Yeah. So while all of this is going on, we realise that the dead horses that were from the last battle don't
0: seem to be all that dead. (laughs) In fact, they seem to be moving a lot. Yeah, I I really love the, the... beginning of that scene where Daryl just just gives this sign and starts to howl and then his entire army basically starts howling like mad and then all of a sudden the dead horses kinda of start to howl.
1: Yeah, so it turns out half of the, well, the, the Mars army and half of Diana's armies have been sewn into the dead horses the night before, cut yes. themselves out and go storm the castle.
0: Yes, it's like uh, Star Wars vibes here. Yeah.
1: yeah. While doing that, the other half of Diana's forces climbed the back half of the castle and have invaded from the outside and promptly shut the door. (laughs) But you'll find that there's a small portion of uh, very small Mars soldiers in there. So not only do they have all of the captured Minervans, except for Mustang, who mysteriously escapes with the stand. And then we have all of Diana, who's now trapped in a castle that's not their own, where all of the food has been burnt, and the the water has run afoul, because somebody keeps pooping in it, and <laughs> oh, all these things. It, I think it takes them three days, right? Until they decide that they've had enough and they just want to go home? Yeah, pretty much.
0: I think they had a, a deal in the beginning with House, and um, House Mars, that...
1: They were going to go Harvey's, weren't they?
0: Yeah. So they technically broke they broke their side of the bargain first, and that's when they decided, well, we're going to have to get them out of the castle then.
1: Yeah. But it's also the first time we get a glimpse of... who Who is that character I'm thinking of, who got sewn in with Severo, who uh, slits the saddle of the current leader of House Diana, and she falls off her horse and gets trampled to death.
0: Mm, yeah. Um... Ah, god damn it! It's Tactus. It's Tactus, Tactus. like cactus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Tactus slits the the saddle and makes sure that his own Primus is getting trampled to death. Yeah.
1: So that's a bit gruesome.
0: Um, we kind of skipped over that that scene of um um Titus's death. That actually happened before that. Oh,
1: did it? I thought yeah. it happens afterwards, because they go to punish him for raping people.
0: Well, that is Tactus, yeah, but Titus's death happens before that. When Daryl is able to... Take
1: back House Mars. You yes. know House
0: Mars. He takes back House Mars, I think... I think it has something to do with the series Slaves, but I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, so he climbs the wall. And he's like, I'm House Mars. You can't, like, I'm not an intruder. This is my home. You can't alert anybody. And the slave's like, you're not wrong. And goes back to, like, toodling their thumbs.
0: (laughs) And then he basically takes takes back House Mars. And then he kind of has the issue of everybody hating Titus for all the raping and murdering of other people and mutilating them yeah, too I think he cut ears off and that sort of stuff
1: yeah he also captured Cassius and and pissed on him
0: yes which is why Daryl promised Cassius that he can hat him basically when it comes to kill him, killing him mm-hmm. and then Daryl basically is trying to have a, a conversation with Titus in the basement where he's locked up and just trying to to figure out why he's always so fucking angry at everybody, seemingly himself as well. And that's when Titus slips up with the word and he realizes that, oh my god, he's a rat as well.
1: Yeah. So that was kind of like, we get an idea of what Darrow could have become if he let his rage manifest the wrong way.
0: Yes. And it was also really good Reveal. Like, I didn't see that one coming.
1: No, I didn't either.
0: Yeah, so now he's kind of he's stuck with the situation that he really has to kill Titus, because if he already slipped up in front of him, he could slip up again, and then he's going to risk everybody who might have been carved into a gold. Especially him. Yeah. So he's kind of forced to now sentence him to death for his crimes. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to have gotten him... On his
1: side. It's just,
0: you know. Yeah. Titus was sloppy and, like, he shouldn't. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Golds came and raped either, I don't know, his mother, sister, wife, something like that. He, like, while he's raving to himself and has a slip up, he talks about how they came to rape her multiple times and now he's doing it to them, basically, as a revenge plot. Yeah. So he seems to have some scurrying. Experiences like Darrow, but he really couldn't get into a rational place there.
1: Ain't that the truth? He is pretty rough. He's a pretty rough kind of dude, Titus. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets sentenced to death and he thinks that he is going to be dueling with Darrow. So Titus makes a request. His request is that don't use curved blades because he thinks he has the upper hand then on, on Darrow because Darrow and this whole scythe business yeah um, then Cassius steps in and begs Darrow to let him have him and Darrow steps aside and lets Cassius basically do the deed uh, and duel with Titus and it doesn't seem to be much of a duel Cassius is a pretty excellent dueler I think he's one of the best in Mars yeah um, so, yeah, Titus doesn't really stand a chance and perishes.
0: Yeah, we also, I think in that chapter, get the reveal from Fitchner that um, we kind of haven't mentioned it yet, but there have been a lot of rumors from the other houses about a guy called Jekyll from the the southern uh, yeah. um, houses that's kind of, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like the whole Reaper legend, but from the other side. And I think it's in this chapter that we get the reveal that he's actually the arch governor's son. They're not go- Basically, they're not going to let anyone else win. Yes, I think it's coming on slowly. The whole um, knowledge that it's all a rigged game, but Fitchner is the the only person who actually like gives a shit about Darrow and tries to like reason with him and be like, yeah, it's all fucked up, but just keep your feet down yeah but well doesn't work that well yeah so
1: switching back to where we were how we take over house Minerva and then we head back to Mars and we get our first encounter with the Jekyll I think
0: mm, well not Jekyll per
1: se but the the Lilith uh yeah so yeah. Lilith
0: is right-hand man to the Jekyll? Yes, and she's like this terrifying woman who has, I think, teeth braided into her hair. That yeah. make a clicking sound whenever she moves. And it's just all very apocalyptic. Yeah, so we get a delivery. Yeah, she basically sends the message to Cassius that um, he wants the Reaper dead or alive delivered to him. Yeah,
1: uh, don't we get uh, Antonio's betrayal first? I think the first
0: one. No, it comes right after. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we have um, we have him sending the message to Cassius together with a, a um, two of these iron blades and a pouch with something in it, but. Cassius doesn't look in it because he's like, well, I trust you and all that shit. Yeah. And then um, Darrow sends Cassius off to, I think, Fortify to Soros. some
1: stronghold, right?
0: Yeah. And Severus going with him, and he kind of tells him to steal the pouch because he's worried what might be in it. And Severus doesn't even ask about it. He's just like, yeah, sure, gotcha. And then while well, Cassius is gone. He um, he walks into a trap by Antonia, who's just yeah yeah I mean, who ends
1: she, up she tries to deliver basically Reaper to
0: the Jekyll, but um that goes south when I mean Leah Leah was supposed to lead him out um to get Rogue who's supposedly stuck in a cliff somewhere trapped yeah. and he realizes that it's a a trap on the way. So he just jumps into the bushes, basically, and is trying to make his way into the undergrowth. And then Antonia jumps out with, I think, one or two other guys having and dollars, right? Yeah, and having Leah in a stronghold and basically saying, you come on out or I kill Leah. And he's like, well, I can't give myself up. They're definitely going to kill me. So she actually kills Leah and then just, yeah, yeah. leaves him out there.
1: Yeah, and so he's out there all night waiting for dawn, basically, and then slips back back into the castle. When um, they go to try and find Rogue. He's kind of a mess.
0: Yeah. But I still mean, alive. Although Rogue is kind of missing. I don't think they, they find him till... No, they do find him. They find him pretty soon after. Okay. Might have missed that one. I think Antonia then ran for it after that. Yeah, she disappears. And Cassius comes back, and as it turns out, he did look into the... But back. only because Sever tried to steal it. Yeah, so they kind of tipped him off something was off here, and as it turns out, it was a holo video, I guess, from Darrow killing Julian that the Jekyll sent him, and he now knows the terrible truth and is kind of pissed. Yeah.
1: So Cassie Cassie challenges him to a duel, which is bas- basically a death
0: sentence for Darrow. Yeah, which he knows too, because like he can't beat him. But at the same time, he does sort of feel bad for killing his brother, so he doesn't really try to escape either. It's more like a yeah. a slow, steady walk towards death.
1: Yeah. Um. So it's over pretty quickly. Uh, Darrow gets sliced down. Uh, through the gut. Uh, yes. uh And left for dead. And Cassius goes off to do his own Cassius thing. Um, but uh, he gets... Re- Darrow, who's ready to die in the mud again, uh, <laughs> gets rescued. But this time by Mustang. Boop, boop. Um, So we have eight days of fever dreams and him muttering about Eo and... Um, yeah, all that to, while well, Mustang nurses him back to health, and then we have more time of Mustang and Darrow just trying to survive out winter, basically. Yeah, um,
0: we have... um. that
1: they're hungry,
0: and... <laughs> we actually have Fitchner coming in then telling him about um, how the game is, is rigged, and how Jupiter and Apollo are the ones who would kill anybody off who stands in their path because they're, they're promised some new high positions and fancy shit if they make sure the Ash governor's son is winning. And he kind of asks Daryl to just just leave it be. Just be survive. Yeah, you'll get an apprenticeship. It's okay. You'll get everything you want afterwards. Just fucking don't do it. But Daryl being all, well, this is unfair. This is super fucking unfair. I think he keeps going about the merit. It's about the merit. And, oh, it's a meritocracy. That's the word that we were looking for earlier. Ah, there we go. And, yeah, so basically he's like, I'm not having any of this shit. And he decides he has to get back on top, but there's no way of him and Mustang taking House Mars or anything like that, so they instead So he start, uses first hand and they start making House yeah. Mustang. House Reaper. <laughs> Yes, basically. I mean, luckily, Mustang did have the standard from, from House Minerva, because now they go out Super and, conveniently that Darrow <laughs> didn't definitely let slip past him. Plot device. Um, yeah, so basically now they're finding all the slave runaways, the shamed ones that decided not to follow the orders, and just are kind of on their own, and they keep converting them basically they turn them into minerva slaves and then take away the slave mark completely setting them free which kind of earns them their respect and support and they start building a slave army yeah basically he's trying
1: to create an army of equals and like you might be a slave for the first battle but but by the time like you win him a house you like succeed succeed in battle then you're free you don't have to wear the mark anymore you're an equal among these people like and yeah. eventually, they start putting them, the house together, and we run run into servo and those kind of things. Uh, yeah. And then he goes to take back house Mars, and he runs inside, like he sneaks inside, and he's like carving his name on the inside <laughs> of the house.
0: Yeah, and like does the the safe symbol on all the doors and everything. And the the slaves kind of started building him up as this. Ghost. Incredible, yeah, like this incredible legend, and they just they, they tell stories about him at night in the camp and all that. And he's just like, wow, oh, the Reaper. And when I think when Zephyr comes back, he's already missing his eye. Yeah, he was he was up in the south in the southern lands trying to kill the jackal, who just kind of took an eye from him and then pushed him off I think the the mountainside, and he kind of had to make his way back, but he didn't get yeah. to have a look at him, so we still have the whole Jekyll mystery going on. Anyway, so once we've taken
1: about back House Mars, and we've got packs, uh Daryl goes to set a trap for the Jekyll. So, randomly, without any warning to anyone ever, and confusing our friend Cactus in the meantime, we've got <laughs> Cactus back. Cactus has effectively become one of the generals. Yes. He decides to march down to Juno and take House Juno while they're off doing other things while the river's frozen. And so they make it there and they capture the castle incredibly easily.
0: Yeah, I think they're scanning like the walls and just Oh, hey. Everybody. Yeah, and there's there's nobody
1: there except for, like a couple of people. Um so we end up with bunch of
0: slaves there. Um, yeah, I think they have a lot of serest slaves. Yeah, and they take like, back... Yeah, like, you guys fight for us now, and if you fight well, then we'll free you too, basically.
1: Yeah, so they storm the castle, they take the castle, raise their flag, and afterwards they're like, we're gonna sell." Dary goes, let's celebrate. We're gonna get
0: really drunk. Oh, actually, so, I, so I think this- we have the the Tectus, we have the tectus um, whipping scene first, actually. Oh, yes. Because they now took the castle and Tectus immediately, um, I mean, he and Darrow had a couple of arguments beforehand where Tectus is like, I'm from one of the super pure-blood families and all that shit and you ain't, I don't know, you ain't shit, you're not going to tell me anything. And in order to prove his point, he's trying to rape one of the Syrus slaves. Yeah. And, and then Darrow's is kind of in this, In this trap where he can't punish him without making all the Diana people angry at him, and at the same time, he cannot punish him because then all the Ceres new slaves are going to be angry at him. And he's like, They're not going to work
1: in his army the way that he
0: needs them to. Yeah, basically. And so he comes up with this. I mean, I really like that scene too. I mean, in the front of the whipping, but the whole idea of. Of him going, Well, yeah, you're gonna give you gonna get twenty lashes as punishment, but because of your faults, also my faults, I'm gonna get twenty-five. Damn mm-hmm. and Texas yeah. just being super holy shit, what's happening here? I don't know what's happening here. So Texas
1: gets lashes and then Darrow hands him the whip. And then like was it six lashes in, he gets yeah, Tactus like a whiny little you... bitch. And he hands the, the whip to Pax, and makes Pax do it. And even after the third one, he was, or something like that, he's like, "Pax, you you can't like go easy on me.
0: You have to like hit me harder." Um. And so he makes Pax cry. Yes, that's one of the greatest scenes afterwards when Mustang is like taking care of his wounds. It's just like you made Pax cry, and then you can hear him like just whimpering in the background.
1: Yeah, so that's a great bonding moment. This is now, now then with t- this cactus, our friend, as a general, we head off to take Duna. Yes, we and it's taken suspiciously easily. Um, and then they go. He sends people off to collect wine. They're gonna get drunk. They're gonna have a party. It's gonna be great. And then the whole crew is all getting real drunk, and like real drunk. None of the slave, none of the new <clears throat> slaves or the seven people that were there in the castle, they get they don't get any booze. But they everybody else is getting real drunk and real lazy and then he's sending people off to like get more wine in the cellar and like
0: <laughs> do all these other kind of things. Yeah. Um, while well, he's having a chat with one of the Juno guys, the I, I don't even know what the name was. Something sounding with L, wasn't it? Anyway,
1: as they're going on and on, you get this description from Darrow that this guy is trying to pretend to be not confident. But he's w- his body language is way too self-assured. And, like, his rings don't fit. And, like, a bunch of other things. Yeah. And then... Oh, Lucian. Yeah, that's
0: the same. Lucian. And it comes to a head. And... And Daryl basically Darryl- just goes, well let's stop with the pretense, I know you're the jackal, and he's like, oh shit, you knew that the whole time, nice. Yeah, uh,
1: and then he goes to do something, and Darius stabs him through the hand and pins him to the table with a knife.
0: Yes, and he's like, we have this really kind of terrifying scene where it's described how, how he's like in pain, and And terrified for a couple of seconds, but then he just calms himself down with two breaths and just leans back in the chair and is like, so, okay, this happened. Yeah,
1: which is absolutely bonkers. Anyway, they're trying to talk to him and convince him to do anything, give up, to have a conversation, come to an agreement. And Darrow kind of hugely underestimates him and how crazy he is. He's like, well, you can go if you cut off your own arm and he's like oh nobody's <laughs> gonna do that no no gold is yeah. like that yeah no gold
0: that. is gonna sacrifice their own hands for this but the issue is that he keeps comparing himself to them like his hands are all he has kind of left that's really worth something about him but the other golds are just like ah oh, shit like, what about but, hands I mean
1: that too but to some extent but also the the golds do not really like to mar or scar one another Yeah, particularly themselves they're really like vapid But the Jekyll is is cut from a different cloth. He is crazy. Anyway, he proceeds to start cutting off his own arm.
0: Yeah. Pax even holds down the knife that is pinning his hand down. And then I think once he reaches his bone, he gives him a sharper weapon because he's like, oh, God, I can't watch this. Yeah. But yeah, we have
1: the next part of the scene where Jekyll's rescue comes in the form of the proctors of the houses. So the Fincer and all of the other golds that represent the the gods themselves are called proctors and they they're the ones that've been giving out gifts. They arrive to rescue the Jekyll, basically.
0: Yeah, at this point I think it's it's Apollo mostly that is giving giving Jekyll I think it's like a detonator, and they just yeah, the room just gets blown up, and then Daryl tries to follow um the jackal. But, but I think we need to give more weight to
1: the Jackson. scene that Pax throws himself in front of Daryl. Yes, he and, does. and Pax actually dies. And yeah.
0: yeah, which is a super sad scene, actually.
1: And that's the real trigger for this rage hunt that um most of. House Mars or ha- House Darrow at that point decides to go on. Severo keeps leading them through the snow onwards and onwards to find the jackal, and they just can't quite find
0: him um, yeah. because he keeps getting help from the gods, basically. And then Apollo kind of jumps in between the two of them. Yeah, and s- is trying to, to yeah trying to kill Darrow's like I've got enough of this shit, and. Darrow just proceeds to kill Apollo. with like a knife ring that he got from Fitchner.
1: Yeah, so we have to step back a bit and think back to the castle before this one, where Fitchner tries to intercede with Darrow, and Darrow uses the opportunity to steal his grav boots which are boots that help him defy gravity his pulse armor his saber his knife and a bunch of other stuff in our mad run to kill the jekyll we find that uh darrow is actually wearing the grav boots and the armor and a bunch of other things and so when apollo tries to when he picks up Darrow and pulls him up into the sky with the attempts of like dropping him from a great height, we find out that Darrow doesn't drop because Darrow <laughs> is wearing the grab boots and yeah, he proceeds to kill Apollo. Yes. Is it, is it Apollo, is it Juno? Is it
0: the first one Juno? No, it's Apollo.
1: Anyway. She yes. gets fucking crazy from there. Dividing up like the equipment. I think they go, they attempt to take Mount Olympus, basically the home of the gods.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, it's shit is getting real. We're we're taking on the the proctors now.
1: Yeah, he's he's, like, I'm sick of being, like, having the gods intercede. We're taking Mount Olympus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and also the, um, just before Apollo dies, he uh, attempts to kill Darrow. He tells him to, like, stop messing around because they've taken Mustang hostage. Um, basically trying to use that as leverage, and now he's like, oh no, fuck, I'm going to Olympus now, i going to rescue her. Mm-hmm. So I think he takes Apollo's craft boots and Severo's taken Fidget's craft so, boots. So Oh, we, we missed the big
1: reveal, which Fidget was trying to intercede with Darrow, because yes. Severo is his son, and yeah, Severo keeps following Darrow into all these shenanigans, and he thinks he's going to get my kid fucking killed. Please stop. Yes. (laughs) And even though they keep
0: insulting each other, it's like the weirdest father-son relationship ever, but it's also the greatest, kind of. So, yes, it's Um, it's odd. Anyway, so Darrow gives of
1: his father's boots because he's a much better fit than Darrow is (laughs) because Darrow is massive now. I, I don't think we're making it clear how just how massive the new Darrow is.
0: Well, in comparison to a scrawny little rat, he's like huge. Yeah.
1: So there's that. Um, he takes Apollo's boots and they go to take Mount Olympus. And clearly they succeed and everything is great.
0: Yes. Uh, it's, it's kind a of like
1: spectacular. Nobody's left. Nobody's following the rules as far as the gods are concerned. Nobody's <laughs> prepared for it. They don't expect anything.
0: Yeah, it never happened before in the entire history of any of the academies that the the students actually took Olympus. Yeah. So they're the proctors are all just sitting around pampered in their baths and in their beds and just eating their cheese and wine and everything and the I scrubby, it, very dirty students are coming running in, just <laughs> tying them all up, being like, This shit ends here Yeah. It's
1: great. Um so we've rescued Mustang, which is very yes. exciting. And he says to Mustang, who finally reveals that actually she's also the arch governor's daughter,
0: which he doesn't realize until she's gone. Sort of.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. So she, <laughs> sorry, I kind of
0: yeah. So basically, a bit there,
1: but he tells he gets Mustang. He goes, take as many people as you need, take all the equipment you need, go to the armories. Let's go and get. I I expect you to go and get the jackal for me, basically.
0: Yeah. And she's like, meantime, yes, He Who does he go to? He goes and takes on. He goes to find Cassian and trying to basically tell House Mars that this is it now. We done. Yeah.
1: Um, so he goes over there. He takes House Mars pretty easily. <laughs> Seeing how he has tells,
0: all the equipment now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cassius tells him that it's a blood feud. If they ever meet again in real life, he's going to kill him. But he turns over, basically, or house Mars to Darrow.
0: Yeah. And we
1: find Rogue, who's roguish still. Yes. But um, happy
0: to see him, because he thought he was dead. So
1: Yeah. So, yeah. We go back to Mount Olympus. We're very excited. And we get news that Mustang is actually the Jekyll's sister. And Darrow freaks out, starts assembling everybody and just goes and tries to pull everybody in together and like yeah, assemble he the now expects
0: that he now expects that she's gonna team up with her brother and all the equipment she took and it's now gonna be a full-on war with all the equipment and all the actual weaponry
1: yeah like they have now the highest level of weaponry that the golds wear and produce for actual battles that's the point that they're at now it, it's yes. no more playing with swords and axes this is um, lasers and shields and disintegrating on contact kind of thing <laughs> anyway yes <clears throat> so, thing um, yeah, and presents Darrow with her brother naked and tied up I think <laughs> Yeah, and she looks at all of them and goes, oh, all of this was for me, wasn't it? And he goes, yeah, kind of. So it's <laughs> a, a little bit of an underwhelming ending, but it really subverts expectation, which I very much appreciate. Like, yeah, you I like, up this massive big battle.
0: And I like the whole, you know, well, I guess I kind of deserved it since I didn't tell you this whole time who I actually oh, am, but it's a bit yeah, She's not offended at all, and I love it. I love a character who's, like, super
1: rational about this shit. Like, no, of course, I was keeping a massive secret from you. It's only fair that you overreacted like this. But nobody guides with so fine. Yeah. And that kind of, like, brings us right to the end, where we get all of the adults coming back to school to offer... to, to crown the winner, basically,
0: which yeah. is Darrow,
1: clearly. And... <laughs> Um, to start offering people apprenticeships and stuff like that and jobs and um, chances to go to basically, like, their version of university. <laughs> this, this is high school, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> um, oh, yes. Just like real high school, too. Yeah,
1: I know. I've heard of so many people in high school.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Good old times. Yeah, so we have the Arch Governor coming in. And going, well, you kind of fucked it up for me a bit. But as it turns out,
1: Darrow... Darrow He
0: knows that Darrow knows. (laughs) Yeah, although Darrow was smart enough to have several alter the footage to make sure that actually none of the truth gets out. So he kind of has the Arch Governor in his hand now, so to speak.
1: Yeah, because he does have... he still has the evidence. He's just not... he's choosing not to show it.
0: Yeah, so now the arch governor's like, well, I can offer you everything you want, and you just give me your silence.
1: Yeah, so he makes him a lance of the house, which is a pretty spectacular deal. And we actually end on him taking the oath to give up his fake family. and <laughs> That is dead become, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and become a member of one of the, the yeah. most powerful house on Mars.
0: Yeah, so it's all very, da-da-da-dum. The deepest cover. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I, I mean, I, in the yeah. ending, the whole, the whole part where um, the Arch-Governor says, well, yeah, my, my wife was pleading with me to help her son, and I'm like, oh, and she wouldn't plead with you to help her daughter? <laughs> sounds like a very but cheap But That's the thing. They're twins. He has a new wife.
1: Like, uh, not her son. Anyway, sorry. Those are all secrets from book two. Ah! Anyway. That drummer aside. Yes. (laughs) Right. So you're definitely going to read book two and book three and not book four then? I don't know
0: book about book four yet, but definitely two and three. Um, yeah, I really like this. I mean, a lot of the story was mainly about the the whole fightings between the houses and battle tactics and that sort of stuff, which was yeah. really interesting because it's not usually the kind of books I read. So, yeah. yeah I really like really... the, the change there.
1: Mm, I like the, the voice in these books. He it's like he's um he's recounting it. Yeah. He's kind of recounting it like live. And and that he does add in like more information like, oh as I like I wish I thought of this at the time kind of stuff. And it gives you a sense of like how he's grown as a person. And like you know in the books the person telling the story is much older than the the character that that is the protagonist of the story basically is a lot more hindsight and like I needed to learn these lessons kind of thing which is a really interesting way of constructing the story and I really like I really like the voice basically of the author here
0: yeah I think we have great character development too at least for Darrow. Uh,
1: and it, it's really like some of the imagery is quite visceral like it's the descriptions about what's going on give you a real sense of of the the scene yeah, without even, being too
0: wordy. Yeah, even when we when we first arrived, well in the in the region of the games, and he's just describing the whole layout and the lands and how everything looks. He just, I think he takes like two pages or something just to set up the the environment. Yeah, I
1: just, I, I really like the story. I can't, I can't express any more deeply than to say that it's definitely like a four out of five for me. I'm a big fan.
0: Yes. Would would read
1: again. We'll probably read again.
0: Yes. I mean, I've read it, I think, four or five times now, too. And I guess I'm sort of worried that the next two books can't measure up to it. And that's why I keep going back to that
1: one. No, be ready for book two, book three. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: it is a journey. Okay. But you should do it. Okay.
0: Oh, I'll put it on the next to-do list yeah I put it on the future reviews list or something. <laughs> yes, definitely. We shall be coming back for the next one. I think it's Golden Sun.
1: Yeah. All right, do we need to do some outro?
0: Yes. So if you enjoyed this week's episode,
1: you can donate to our Patreon.
0: Yes, and you can follow us on all the social medias and hopefully you'll enjoy all the other episodes too.
1: Yeah, we should really remember what all of our social media handles are.
0: Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> just, they are linked in the description of <laughs> this video. <so. laughs> just just look like downwards, or maybe right, it mm-hmm. could possibly also be upwards,
1: but they're You mm-hmm. might have click the thing, and so it goes from the picture into the description, but it's in there, I right. swear. So yeah.
0: like, do, do a couple of clickings, come on, you know the internet, it's not like you here the first time. Do the
1: things. (sighs) This is a terrible outro. (laughs) Yes, it is.